Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Now, I'd like to start uh, this uh, message out with a little bit of a confession. Uh, For most of my Christian life, um, I have had a hard time praying. Um, some people are, are, are just natural prayers, and uh, that is not me. Um, I don't have a hard time reading and studying the Bible. Um, that's, that comes easy to me. Uh, and, and I like to serve. I never felt like there were any jobs in the community that were, like, beneath me. You know, I'm not like, you know, I don't mind doing dirty work. And uh, I don't get weirded out if people share, like, weird things. Like, you know, I can roll with those punches pretty well. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that I'm the best evangelist or apologist, but um, I don't avoid them doing either, as the situation requires. Uh, but praying can be kind of hard sometimes. And it's not that I don't think it's important. Um, I, I actually think praying is probably the most important spiritual discipline we have, because uh, you know, prayer is communication with God. And, and you know, good communication is fundamental to our spiritual health. Right? Uh, Psalm 145, verse 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. Prayer is calling on God, right? It's drawing us near. It's what probably what um, in, in, in this book, uh, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, amazing book. If you haven't read it, I very much encourage it. About every decade I read it and I learn something different. Um, but he writes, of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it ushers us into perpetual communion with the Father. Meditation introduces us to the inner life. Fasting is an accompanying means. Study transforms our minds. But it is the discipline of prayer that brings us into the deepest and highest work of the human spirit. To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we're unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. I, I love that last sentence. If we're unwilling to change, we'll abandon prayer. Uh, I found that to be true. Things that I get hard-hearted about, I stop praying about. <clears throat> so I, I, I believe in prayer, right? But sometimes it's hard. And, and one of the things that's like even worse is whenever I read scripture that's meant to be encouraging, like, uh, like 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in circumstances, for all of this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, right? That's meant to be encouraging. But instead of being encouraged, I kind of feel like guilty, right? Because I'm not, I'm not that. I don't do that. Um, and so, you know, I struggle to pray. And sometimes it's like pulling teeth, right? I'm praying and it's just like, ugh, you know, I, I do it because I have to, but uh, I'd rather avoid it. And, and it's taken me years, probably decades, really. Um, to be more comfortable praying. And, and I, I still feel like I'm a nox at it. Um, there are some amazing prayer warriors that I respect, um, like Heather Smith. Heather Smith, who's shared here before. Boy, she's, she's committed to prayer. Um, but because it's important, over the next six weeks or so, we're going to be going over the topic of prayer. Um, And this is part of a larger initiative uh, from the Covenant Church to encourage uh, all of our churches to engage more fully in prayer. 
especially uh, before gather our annual meeting in July. Um, and that's kind of our business meeting. You know, we want to make sure that we're perfectly engaging in that. Um, and so we're kind of starting it a little bit late because uh, we really felt called to do bless to go over the bless series, but uh, we want to also join in prayer. Um, and as I said in the last series, everything in the Christian life begins with prayer. Because Jesus rooted himself in prayer. He's constantly praying, keeping in step with his heavenly father. And, and this challenged the religious authorities, right? It drove them into wanting to kill Jesus. But despite all of this, Jesus replied to them. This is John 5, 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does... The son also does. Prayer connected Jesus with his father. And so we too pray because we follow the example of the son. Right? We pray to be like Jesus, joining the father in his work. But if it's so essential, if prayer is so important and, and really so simple, I mean, Jesus gave us a template. He said, pray like this. And he gave us the Lord's prayer. We pray it every Sunday. Um, if prayer is so necessary for our spiritual health, then why is it so hard to do sometimes? And, and of course, we can probably can think of lots of reasons, right? Five easy reasons, right? We, it's hard because uh, we're too independent. Right? We are. I'm independent. Um, I am a very bad follower. <laughs> I have a hard time doing what other people want me to do. I have a natural instinctive rebelliousness. Uh, and praying means stopping whatever we're doing and asking God to step in, right? And uh, and sometimes, you know, I don't even, just the, it doesn't even occur to me that, hey, maybe I should stop and pray about this. I just dive right in, just do it. Um, I just go along with my life and my agenda. We're an independent people. And sometimes we have to be taught to stop and pray. Um, another reason is we're too distracted, right? Um, and I purposely didn't say busy. And I believe many of us are too busy, but even more than being too busy, we're too distracted um, because there's so many things coming at us from so many different angles, directions, and it's, it's hard to stay purposeful, right? It's easy to be stuck in reaction mode, like, oh, I'm this, 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 okay? We're distracted, and we're too, too distracted to pray. Another reason is we're too grown up. Um, prayer requires a level of humility an imagination, really. And, and you have to be able to believe that God hears you. You have to trust that your prayers are effective, even if you don't know how, right? And that's hard. That's hard for us to put ourselves back in that, that position, um, coming to prayer like a child, humble, trusting, and wholeheartedly. It makes it hard to pray. Uh, number four, this is a big one for me. We're too cerebral. I tend to live in my head. You know, I am somebody that, like, you, I live so much in my head. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, if I just think about it enough, it's almost just like doing it. You know, I can plan things out really, really well. Execution, I'm terrible at. But, but my, my imagination just goes. Um, actually, that's why Pastor Christina is such a great name. She's a doer. <laughs> and uh, so she makes sure that things get done. And uh, Rebecca is a doer too. <laughs> so uh, I have to surround myself with doers because otherwise – I'm off of my head. And uh, um, I do a good thing, job thinking about things and dreaming of solutions. And that's not a bad thing, but 
I don't, I spend so much time thinking about how to solve problems and not enough time praying about them. Uh, because sometimes some problems can just like, you know, I'll, I'll be trying to solve a problem and maybe that problem's there for a reason, you know? Maybe we should just let that problem sit for a while because it's kind of reminds us of something. Um, so maybe that's not time to fix that. There's, there's, there's another priority. Um, anyways, and last, uh, we're cynical. I know I'm cynical. Um, we're jaded. You know, we don't really believe in our prayers. Uh, we don't think maybe God hears us. Uh, we wonder if prayer makes a difference. We doubt. And instead of trusting and, and letting go, we judge and we critique. I'm really good at judging and critiquing. Um, and we do this for all sorts of reasons, right? To protect ourselves from disappointment. Um, but our cynicism, it can keep us from praying wholeheartedly. Because uh, we're, we're, we're cynical, when we pray, even when we pray to ourselves, sometimes it just sounds phony. It sounds fake. Um, because we tend to see everything is fake, <laughs> right? Because everything is being judged. Uh, cynicism is something I know I have to actively fight against in my life. And though I dress it up and I, can call, I call it things like being pragmatic or um, being realistic, um, but if I'm honest, more often than not, it's just cynicism. And that's something I have to face. And uh, there are more reasons, but, but these are just a few. And to learn how to pray effectively, we have to learn how to overcome these issues. Um, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, uh, verse 1, Jesus and disciples are together. And uh, let me read what it says. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. The disciples, they watched Jesus, right? And they, want, they learned, wanted to be like him. They wanted to learn how to be like him. And that involves learning how to pray effectively. Learning how to pray effectively. Um, because we have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that. So that's our topic for this first Sunday, is how to pray effectively. And it will might not surprise you to know that the solutions are often found in the problems, right? Because we're too independent, right? The first thing I said is we're too independent. And so the first thing is just admitting that we're helpless, admitting that we're helpless on our own, right? I read this verse earlier, but let's look at it again. John 15, 9, sorry, John 5, 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what the father only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. We are helpless without God's help, right? Even Jesus needed to be in sync with his father. We lie to ourselves and, and we try to be independent. But even Jesus is as that like, he can't do it on his own. He needs to be in step with his father, right? And are we stronger than Jesus? Oh, of course not. And so when we pray, it should be from a place of humility. It should be a confession that I cannot live I cannot live the life that you've called me to live. I cannot be the person you've called me to be without you. Right? Our prayers are our confession that we need God's grace. We need God's help. I need God's strength. I need God's wisdom because I'm helpless without God. Uh, John 15, 5 says, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We're helpless without God. Apart from him, we can do nothing. You're helpless without Christ's help. Uh, number two, we need to make time for God, right? We are too distracted. We need to make time for God. We are distracted people. Um, we need to dedicate time to make it our number one priority. Um, Mark one thirty five reads, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Uh, when we read the gospel, we can see people are always clamoring for Jesus' attention. Okay? People always want something from Jesus, right? right? And, he, and he prayed for them and with them, and he healed folks, and he delivered them from evil spirits. And when he wasn't around the big crowds, he was around the small crowd, his disciples. Right? And they'd ask him questions, and he'd teach to them, and he'd encourage them. Jesus was always busy. But despite all that busyness, he also needed to feed his interior life. Right? He needed time to develop that personal relationship with his father. And so before the sun rose, before his disciples got up, he got up. And he would go someplace, and he'd have a few minutes in privacy to pray. He had to be intentional. He had to make space for it. He had to be strategic. Otherwise, there'd be too many distractions. And I, I remember when my kids were younger, um, I'd, I'd, I would have to just wake up earlier and earlier to get some time to myself. So I can pray. Um, and, and it's like my kids had the sixth sense. Like the earlier I got up, the earlier they got up. Like they would like hear me move or something and like they would wake up. But yeah, I'd struggle. I'd have to be intentional. Um, if you want to pray effectively, you have to make time. You have to carve out some time and space. Some seasons of life, it might only be one minute, five minutes. Um, but let it be five dedicated minutes. Let it be one dedicated moment. Um, in later seasons of your life, you might be less busy and you can pray more. Unfortunately, I found, this is myself, that if I am less busy, I have an even harder time praying. Because uh, I think I can just like do it whenever. Um, so I set times for myself to pray. Like this is my time to pray. Because otherwise, it doesn't happen. Like I said, it's worse when I have more time. Right? I need a schedule. Otherwise, I'm a mess. Your rhythm might be different. But I would suggest that maybe it's not as different as we'd like to think. Um, step three, learn to pray like a child. Have you ever heard a kid pray? Kids are the best prayers. Um, I often say, um, if you want somebody to, to really pray for you, right, ask a kid. Ask your kids to pray for you. Ask, so, um, ask children, because they pray wholeheartedly. It's awesome. Um, I have to say, like, uh, we, whenever we pray as a family for dinner, um, we always pray after dinner, uh, because I know I have three boys, and they're animals, and, like, just, like, you know, I can't stop them from all digging in, you know, and, <laughs> and getting the food. So, so our rule is we pray after we all eat, just, just so that we can make sure that we do it all together. And then after we pray, then people are dismissed to go, go off. But I love those times when they, when they pray because it's so wholehearted, expectant. It's, and it's messy and it's weird. You don't know what they're going to say. And uh, 
and and sometimes they get things wrong, but there's just such a purity in there. There's no artifice in there. If a kid prays for you, it's real. It's real. Uh, there's a reason why Jesus said in Matthew thirteen eight or eight eight eighteen verse three. Uh, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> children can't fake it. Um, and what's even better is when they try to fake it, it becomes even more obvious, right? Uh, and if we want to pray effectively, we have to do it like a child without any trace of cynicism or guile. Like being honest, not being our pretend self, but our real self, our true self. Or pray out of love. Pray out of your love for Jesus. Throughout scripture, we read how God knows us, likes us, loves us. Revelation 3.20 here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. God desires to be in relationship with you. He asks to spend time with you because he knows you. He likes you. He loves you. Be with him. Give yourself space to know God, to like God, to love God. Prayer is communication with God. Let yourself communicate. Both sides, right? Sharing and listening. Uh, my wife, Alyssa, is a nurse, and uh, she works every other Sunday, so sometimes people don't believe she's real because uh, she misses every other Sunday. Um, but you know, she, uh, she works at least three days a week, and they're 12-hour shifts. Um, and so like, she's three days, she's like gone. But when she gets home from work, she's tired, and she's usually gross um, because she, you know, she works at the hospital, and, uh, and she's, she needs to decompress, so she always goes to take a shower. And so she'll go in, she'll hop in the shower, and I'll come in, and I'll just, you know, sit on the toilet, just sitting, just, just, just hanging out with her, and, uh, and talk to her, right? Uh, mostly it's letting her talk, but she'll tell me all about her day. And I do this because I love her, um, and I want to be part of her life. And those 15 minutes or so uh, binds us together. I can honestly say that during this season of our life, um, despite being busier than we've been in ever, um, and not spending as much time with each other, I think it, it's probably the closest that we've ever felt to each one another. Um, because we've had to be intentional, otherwise we just wouldn't talk. Um, though our time is limited, we intentionally spend time together because we love each other, we make time. Prayer is a way for us to spend time with God. It's not a bunch of magic words, right? Prayer is not magic. It's a deep connection and communication rooted in love. So you have to find ways to cultivate that love. In Revelation, uh, Jesus levies a harsh accusation against the church of Ephesus. And this is Revelation 2.4. Yeah, they hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Don't forsake your love. Nurture it. Nurture your love. And that brings me to my last point. Uh, we need to pray with complete trust in the Lord. In Matthew 17, the disciples were, uh, were trying to follow Jesus' example, and they were trying to cast out the demon out of this boy, and they couldn't do it. And they tried, but they lacked the faith to exercise the demon. And Jesus told them in, uh, in, in chapter 17, verse 20, Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. 
And that sounds awesome. And I believe that. But we've all had those experiences. When we pray and things don't seem to happen. Right? When we pray and it doesn't seem to work. And I have to, this is when it's easy for cynicism to creep in. Right? Where we mistrust the power of prayer and doubt that God can or will do anything about our prayers. Uh, we have to fight against that sort of attitude. Our prayers always should be uttered with complete faith that God can do it. God can do it. Right? Lillian said that. God can do it. And if God doesn't answer our prayer, there is a reason for it. We have to believe. In Romans 8.28, I share this all the time. 8.28, I share that all the time with you guys. Um, I think it's a foundational part of learning how to be a Christian, how to live out your life. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All right? We have to believe that's true, that even if our prayers are not answered, there's a reason for it. Sometimes it might seem like God doesn't hear our prayers, or it might not seem like we got an answer. Or it might seem like we got an answer we don't want. We need to learn how to trust God. That in his sovereign love for us, in his desire for good for us, he has something else in mind that will bless us, even if we can't see it at this time. And when we cannot see the answers to our prayers, it should be a reminder of the goodness of God. Right? The goodness of God, that, a God that loves us and knows us far more than we will ever know. Um, sometimes my kids ask for things, and I know, like, no, I'm not going to get that for them. Right, and, and sometimes it'll be practical, and sometimes it'll be like, no, no. Actually, if you have that, you're going to be so disappointed in it. Or, you know, it's going to break or die right away. And you know, it's sad for them. It's discouraging for them. But one of my jobs as a parent is to determine if the things that they're asking for is going to be good for them. Right? And sometimes it's just the wrong time. And sometimes they're asking for the wrong thing. And sometimes... Giving them what they want will actually be doing harm to another one of my kids. Every, every person, every adult, um, parent or not, knows that around kids, they have to make those kinds of decisions. They have to do it. That's part of the job. So how much more does God, our Heavenly Father, have to take into account when deciding to answer our prayers? We know that God is wiser than we are. Right? We need to trust in that. We need to trust Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 8. Don't be like them. And the them are people that give long-winded prayers on the corners. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Trust him in that. Anchor yourselves in that. Right? That is a truth. God's answers are always going to be the best for you. Um, I'm not a perfect person, as you guys know. I misspeak a lot. Um, and it's taken me a long time to get comfortable praying. Um, like I said earlier, it, prayer had to be something I forced myself into. But it's foundational to my faith. It, it's a discipline. And even with realizing these things, right, even with all of these things, realizing our helplessness, making intentional time, praying like a child, praying out of love, praying with trust, sometimes it's still hard to pray. And sometimes our prayers just feel dry. Like, okay, this is work. And that's okay, too. Because even our dry prayers, they work to shape us into the people God wants us to be. Um, I remember once as a young man, um, I was praying through this book, uh, Operation World, 
They may remember Operation World. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, book that goes over every country in the world and, uh, and has prayer requests for every country in the world. And it's like divided up for days. And uh, you go through and you pray for that country and the prayer needs in that country. Um, I don't know if they're still printing it, um, but there'd be a new edition every year. And uh, so I had kind of committed to praying. And I was praying through that book. And during that time, I was, I was a young guy. Uh, I was engaged. And not to Alyssa, to another woman. Um, this is before I met her. And uh, I was engaged to her. And you know, about a week before the wedding, she broke up with me. And I was devastated. Just devastated. And I remember going home after she dumped me. And I remember laying in my bed. And I remember crying, uh, you know, and trying to go to sleep. But then I remembered I hadn't prayed. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I'm just going to do this, and then I'm going to fall asleep. So I pulled out my Operation World book, and I started to pray. And the more I prayed, the more I prayed. And the more I prayed, the more real my prayers began. And I started to feel the presence of God all around me, comforting me. And I was still heartbroken. I was still sad. But I began to feel like everything was going to be okay, that God still cared for me. And I was only able to have that experience because I had disciplined myself to pray. I had made commitments, and so I just made time for that to happen. But there have been other times. There was this time when I had a terrible workplace environment, um, and all sorts of things were happening, and I was feeling all sorts of pressures to do things I thought were unethical, and my boss was pressuring me to do some things, and I was like, I don't know. That, that, that makes me feel dirty. I don't know if I want to do that. Um, but I had scheduled time to prayer. Right? And I was able to kind of give myself over to that time, to be comforted and strengthened and, and, and to get to a new path forward. Right? There have been times when I've gotten into fights with Alyssa, with my wife. Sometimes they're entirely my fault and sometimes they're not. But when I prayed, God softened my heart. And I was encouraged to go back and to reconcile. It's okay not to get all the feelings every time you pray. Um, that's okay. That's just part of, part of what happens. That's why it's called a spiritual discipline. The point isn't to get all the feelings every time you pray. Right? The point is to be in relationship. And sometimes you're going to need that relationship in a different way. You're going to need that relationship to comfort you. Sometimes you're going to need that relationship to strengthen you. But you keep going. Praying reinforces and reminds us that in all circumstances, God is with you. God is for you. God loves you. God blesses you. And you can trust in him. And you can trust in him. So with that, that's the series we're going on next. That's where we're going next. So let's pray. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We give our time to you, Lord. We know that you're at work. Lord, we, we come to you as we are, uh, messy, imperfect people, distracted, um, and sometimes cynical and apathetic, Lord. Teach us to be more. Teach us to do more. Teach us to trust you. Teach us to be in relationship with you. 
teach us how to talk to you. And Lord, open our ears so that we can hear you, so we can receive what you want to say, so that our lives can be changed and we can be made more and more into the people that you've called us to be. In Christ's name, amen.